Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week on Pubcakes. We discuss Blackpink, Borat 2, and Blake Lively's fake shoes. Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pub Games, a pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. The postmodern queers! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hello! How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you guys? How's your Sunday? Good. It's all right. <laughs> I don't think any of us got up this morning to watch Dan's Presser, so mm. we're very uninformed, but also I just can't handle another letdown. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a point now where I have no opinion on anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I'm so... I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm so exhausted from having an opinion about something like COVID. Like, I I don't know anything about this. I don't know about pandemics or, like, disease. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just trying to go to a hairdresser. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to go to the shops and that's all I care about and it's going to happen soon Mm -hmm. and that's all I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to, like, ease the restrictions so that I can buy some more candles. (laughs) I just want to go to Bunnings in person. Yes, yes. There's something nice about going to Bunnings. Can't you just be a lesbian candle maker, Jordan? Yeah. Make it yourself. Oh, my God. (laughs) My girlfriend and I are getting into candles. We bought all this stuff to make candles. (laughs) Um, Well, she bought it because she's, like, researching it and she loves doing that. So um, stay tuned. Oh, oh nice. my god. Aurelia, you can make me some candles. That'd be great. Yeah. I'll make a special pop gaze, like scented one. Yeah. Smell like a used douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not a crafty gay. I wish I was. Are you, Charlie? I, uh, no. <laughs> I feel like you, like, kind of are in terms of, like, your drag. Yeah, I mean, I am artistic, but crafty for me, like, I imagine, like, home crafts and, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, I'm really good with design. I will say that. Like, I love making costumes and props and doing visual stuff like makeup. But, yeah, I've never been one to, like, be like, I'm going to make a wreath today. (laughs) But my sister is constantly that type of gay. Like, she'll just create stuff. And, yeah, my housemate is similar. I'll come home and he'll have, like upholstered something <laughs> he has this fascination with denim he takes old jeans Gay. And, and cuts them up and then he takes like couch cushions and covers them in denim he took this old poof and covered it with denim 
It's, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> what was the person? Like an name? Ottoman. <laughs> an Ottoman. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how you say it? <gasps> yeah, no, that's and right. It's actually a slur now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otto um, person. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tali, you wouldn't be the kind of gay who makes a Halloween costume themselves. No, I have made costumes. Like, costumes I like making. Anything to do with the theatre, I'm down. And, like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's just always about, like, function for me. Like, I love creating props when it's for a show. And I'll create really interesting sets and that sort of stuff. But I would never, like, apply that skill in my home. You don't... (laughs) Yeah, I'm, like, really neglectful of my own happiness. But when it's for the the show and the audience, I'm like, oh, I must give them the very best. Yes, a thousand percent. Yes. I understand that. Have you made, as Halloween's coming up, are you thinking of making anything to stay at home in? Absolutely not. This year is a complete write-off. <laughs> I feel like I always miss Halloween stuff, so maybe I'll get into it this year. But it'll come to it and I'll just be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it'll be on the day and I'll go to the supermarket and I'll be like, oh, wow, there's all this, like, spooky candy. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for that to be on sale. Yes. Oh and my then goodness. I continue living my life costume-free. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween costumes, I actually wanted to ask you guys, what are the crazy or gay costumes you've worn over the years? <laughs> I went to a party as an asparagus. <laughs> it was a, like an 18th from school at high school and it was Alice and so she had an A-themed 18th and I put like a can in my hair and then <laughs> pulled all my hair up around the can and then spray painted it and put a green ribbon on, in it and then wore a green dress. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love that shit. Thank you. That's what I peaked. That's what I peaked. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, I wasn't able to celebrate Halloween because Jehovah's Witnesses don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. And then after that, I have one costume, which I wore once for, you know, well, Elisa, they had a Halloween themed show at Hairs and Hyenas once. And I went to a costume shop with them and I bought a Formula One type racing costume, but it's actually just like white pants and a white jacket that has like some racing things on it. I bet it's hot. And it's, yeah, it's kind of hot. And that's my um, one and only <laughs> costume. Yes. <laughs> Can I tell you that I think that the gayest thing I've ever done was try to convince my friends that having a home improvement themed 21st would be a great idea. (laughs) I just wanted everyone wearing jeans and flannies. Oh my god. Uh, It reminds me of my sister's girlfriend whose 21st theme was communism. (laughs) That is so good. So good. She wanted to see everybody in khaki and camouflage. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then my sister's when she had, because uh, she's younger, she had her twenty first after that. And she was like, I can't top the communist theme, so I'm gonna have a bird theme. But like, she has no association to birds. Like, everyone was asking her on the night, like, oh, like, do you love birds? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anything, when we were little, my sister got chased by an emu when we were at a farm and she's hated large birds ever since. But, like, I will always, like, if there's a theme and it's, like, a formal dress-up experience, I will always be best dressed. I will go the fuck. <laughs> I will pull shit out and make it incredible. I see that for you. I yeah. see that for you. <laughs> I actually feel like it's more embarrassing when someone doesn't get into the theme. Yeah, yeah. get into it. You're not too cool for this fucking party. Put on a silly thing and, you know, yeah. make a fool of yourself. And it's fun to get dressed up. Yeah. It is so fun. 
I also have this bad habit of, and uh, one of my good friends and I always get caught in this trap of keeping items of clothing saying they'll be good for a costume one day. Yes, I do that. Oh yeah, if you go like thrifting or you go to op shops and then you just gather all these things that you can't, like you don't wear on a day-to-day basis because they usually fit poorly. <laughs> <laughs> you keep them because you're like, one day there's going to be this like grand party and yeah. I will wear a costume. But how often are we getting invited to costume parties at this age in these restrictions as well? <laughs> yeah. My costume and drag cupboard is just like filled with that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it would be like a once in a 10 year opportunity to wear this particular thing, but I will keep it and I'll be like, nah, when that day comes, I'm ready to play a 85 year old Russian nun. <laughs> oh, oh my God. And you are born to do it. Born to do it, Jelly. I have these like, metallic blue pleather tight pants that look shit on me like they look (laughs) terrible and i'm just saving them and every time i like cull my wardrobe or do a mari kondo i look at them and i'm like no 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 yeah yeah your day will come i don't even like i i'm sure you guys feel the same way where it's like i don't even know what kind of costume yeah 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 i just know that a costume jordan i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something wonderful we're gonna actually plan our photo shoot for pop gays around those pants oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) jordan and friends <laughs> It'll be like there's like early two thousands like movie posters where you only see the woman's legs yeah. and there's like three men underneath being like, oh yeah, yeah, it's just your thighs and like me and Aurelia looking up skirt kind of. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Disgusting. I feel like a lot of people will dress up as various things that happened this year for Halloween. I feel like Instagram's gonna take over and maybe there'll be quite a few black pink outfits. Oh my god. I feel like people are gonna dress up as coronavirus. Ah, so many. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's gonna think they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I just <laughs> my time for coronavirus is cancelled. It's yeah. done, you know? <laughs> yeah, we finished with that. Yeah. You know how there's always, like, when someone gets cancelled, people have, like, a whoever is over party hashtag on Twitter? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to have a hashtag coronavirus is over party. <laughs> no. You know what's going to happen if we do that? We're going to get conspiracy theorists and anti-vax people. We'll have Pete Evans wanting us to guest on his, like, own oh my podcast. God. Did you hear about the new Pete Evans show that got cancelled after a couple episodes? But, um, oh, what was it called? It's like, um, Tray of Glory or something. Um, gonna... like a TV show? <laughs> yeah, it was like the two guys from MasterChef, Matt and I want to say Harry. What's his oh, name? No one knows the third Matt guy's and... name. Like Normie Straight Guy Name and Normie Straight Guy Name. And yes. Yes. The, two, the two Normie Straight Guys <laughs> that are not George Columbaras, who I'm pretty sure is in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they and Manu, I think. Oh, wait, maybe it's just Manu. I don't fucking know. Look. Manu's in everything. It's called, oh, what is it called? Cancelled. <laughs> plate of Origin. There we go. It's called the Plate of Origin. No. And it got cancelled, but I think Channel 7 or Channel 9 had already paid Matt, the other guy, and the other guy for what? three season contracts. I swear Plate of Origin was a good show that was like people from different places cooking from their cuisine oh so i thought it was like a, like a sporting reference still got cancelled <laughs> man that's so sad because um i wasn't really following it but i think on it if i remember right they had two girls from cameroon 
Oh, no. And there was like Cameroon versus Vietnam. And there would be like best friends or sisters, you know, that like cooking show theme of like mates completing. Um, And that was on Plate of Origin. And apparently their recipes were really nice. And it had lots of like people of color because they had different cuisines from different places were presented. That is a really good idea. But it did get canceled because there <laughs> apparently wasn't much of a viewer turnout yeah. from what I can see. Yeah, I think it flopped not in terms of its like review, but its like ratings. Like, I think if that was a show on Netflix That would have blown up. That yeah, that would be huge. But because cable television is dead or network television is dead i think it's a fail because of that because the concept to me seemed like oh this is interesting and this is something i would watch if i knew how to watch channel (gasps) seven how to turn on a television (laughs) yeah our free to air cable has been unplugged for weeks and i only noticed the other day because i maybe was gonna watch the presser and kayla was like we unplugged it like months ago (laughs) (laughs) that's how invested i am so what happened with pete evans he didn't get paid for his job oh no i I actually don't think Pete is the one that wasn't on this show after all this. I've sent us down this. They finally silenced him. Because the show got cancelled, they have to pay out the three hosts that got given three season contracts. Oh, my God. Yeah. They have to pay them so much money that they do not have. Oh, my God. At that point, like, just put on the show and market it better. Exactly. Like, hire me to promote it. Yes! Yeah. I mean, even what you just said there, Aurelia, is a better description and gets me more excited for it. Like, I thought it was a sporting show because it's like, <laughs> I want to say it's soccer thing. Uh, <laughs> no, it's rugby, man. Fuck. Bless you for trying. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. And yesterday was the grand final. We don't have to talk about it, but... No, I do want to talk about it. I want to talk about watching five minutes of contact sport and seeing a man get knocked out straight away it was harrowing to watch i don't watch that much contact sport because i'm a sensitive little butterfly and it terrified me but it's like i i forgot i grew up watching like rugby and watching my brothers play rugby and then watching the afl last night i was like fuck (laughs) oh my god these young boys did you guys catch the halftime show at all no Uh, i was Cuddling my girlfriend and watching TikToks in bed. I watched Borat 2 instead. How was it? It is good. (laughs) Don't sound convinced. No, no, no. It is good. It is really, really good and so timely in terms of like COVID and Trump. And it's definitely something you've got to watch. But I can't handle cringe comedy. It really just makes me like viscerally uncomfortable. And so much of it is so like... Like, the satire is so incredibly real, but these people don't know it, and I don't know, I just can't handle it. Like, it's it's really, really well done, and the actor who plays Borat's daughter in this film is incredible, and she, like, steals the show, and she has some of the funniest scenes I've probably seen this year. They do such a good job of convincing these, like, ignorant American people that they're legitimate, and the things yeah. they get them to say and manage to sort of, like, coerce out of them. It's just like, oh, my God. Shocking? Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Well, because I did, when I saw, because to be honest, I I didn't really know that there was going to be a Borat 2 until Borat 2 was out and everybody's Mm -hmm. talking about it. And, like, the general consensus is that it's good and people like Taika Waititi are praising it and I love him and his opinion. So I feel like it's good, but I do wonder, like, where does Borat fit in 2020? 
Yeah. You were just saying it, it really seemed to, it was really timely? On those things, there are obviously parts that it really ruffled me to watch. Like, because there's this running theme about him being anti-Semitic. Well, like, their culture being anti-Semitic. And he goes at one point to a synagogue and is talking to these two older Jewish ladies. But, like, he's being anti-Semitic for the character, and I hated it. I know that it's satire and he's, like, trying to spearhead those type of people. But to me, it didn't seem like intelligent satire. It seemed just actual, like, bigotry. Yeah, I hate that. Like, I can't remove myself far enough from it to find it funny. Neither, yeah. I couldn't. And I struggle so much. And, like, it's one thing, like, he does stuff like he interrupts a Republican conference and the actor who plays his daughter goes to a Republican women's meeting and speaks there. And That's great. <laughs> that sort of stuff is hilarious because in, it's sort of like they're attacking people for their politics and, you know, politics that I would say put other people's lives in harm. So it's kind of like they're getting what's coming to them in my eyes. So that type of cringe I'm fine with. But then there are times where, like in the example with the synagogue, where it's just like, why are you making these older Jewish ladies uncomfortable? Like they didn't warrant this. They're not like political figures or pushing Mm. any sort of harmful agenda. Mm. It feels like punching down sometimes when I watch that. And I know it's just, it's not real. But in that moment, if someone approached me and did that, I would be so pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think we also like grew up, like we were at least like 13 when the first Borat came out. So you lived through young boys quoting Borat Mm. without a hint of irony. Exactly. Mm. That's the definite problem with it, that people can take it and run with it, but without any of the, like, discourse attached to it. Yeah, and I think I find it hard to separate, like you guys are saying, I can't separate myself from it, and I do. I, I really love edgy comedy, but not the edgy comedy that I think people think is edgy. Yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is, like, you know, just fucking whatever phobic comedy. It's not edgy to say something that already exists in the world that we live in. Mm. But I do feel with a character like Borat, and he's going so hard on TikTok right now, like that's they're getting heaps of hits on the, in the TikTok marketing campaign. You just can't help but be like, well, now there's just this barrage of boys who's who are going to be like really sexist towards women. And while we we have this daughter character, potentially, I haven't seen this film. <laughs> just classic daughter just talking about shit I haven't seen and already got an opinion <laughs> on it. But it's yeah, it just. You watch it and you think about the repercussions. It's the same as like watching South Park now. I still enjoy it because yeah. I, I understand their take and I know what they're trying to say, but I can also hear 14-year-old boys in the back of my head calling people the F word and like... Yeah, no, 100%. And you are right. Like the And the film portrays a sexist and, a, you know, anti-Semite and, and some people don't realise that that's trying to show that it's meant to be funny in that... We don't agree with them, but some people mm. don't understand that that sort of part B to the mm. humor. Exactly. And it's just like, oh, anti-Semitism is funny. Sexism is funny. Because mm. you're still laughing at it. Like people like us could intellectually watch it and say, yeah, it's funny because he's actually taking the piss of those things and we don't want to be like that person. But then there's millions of people who literally watch it and go, oh, my God, this is so funny because I want to say that shit. And this then gives them permission to go and say and do those things. Even things like a Joe Rogan podcast or Jake Paul and Logan Paul on YouTube. I think they're all like in that same, like, I'm taking the piss of something and it's really funny and I'm just being a bro. And people watch it 
and can laugh at it thinking, I don't want to be like that. And this is funny because it's fucked up. And these people are not my role models. Mm. Because I think Borat is like one of those movies that, like a pop culture reference that everyone kind of knows. Yeah. It is a definite cultural shift. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't fully satisfied that Sasha Baron Cohen had done the work if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially coming, like, what, 15 years after the original or something like that, you really have to think, like, as you said, Jordan, like, how does this translate to 2020? Like, how do you have to approach this now? Do you mind if I spoil something? It's not, like, spoiling, spoiling. It's just No, that's fine. I don't have an Amazon Prime account. Also, very ironic. (laughs) This is where I get on my high horse with shows and stuff like that, but I'm like... How can you be commenting on all this shit and be like, I'm Borat and I'm like, by doing this, I'm actually like appealing to the left and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But your platform is Jeff Bezos's yeah. platform. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that for me, I'm like, there's a disconnect there. And that's when I'm like, well, I can't take this seriously because all you're doing is like giving a vocabulary to young people to start being anti-Semitic towards somebody because yeah. they're not processing it potentially. And, and older people too. Fuck like everybody. Mm. It's very not transformative. Like the character doesn't grow. And mm. I, that's why I got really annoyed at the ending, actually, because the whole movie basically is Borat and his daughter, but, like, she's, like, a savage, you know? Like, he keeps her in a cage, and it's all this idea of, like, women are just these, like, caged creatures to be married off to, like, wealthy men, and he's, like, making her into a woman, and she has this, like, guidebook about, like, how to live, and it's, like, women must not ask questions, and they can't touch themselves or they'll die, and, like, all this crazy shit. He spends a whole movie playing with this theme and like saying all that stuff that a hundred percent is going to get taken and run with by kids. Mm. And then in like 30 seconds at the end, it does like a jump cut forward. It's like years later. And it's like, now we're in Kazakhstan and we're a feminist nation now. And he's like, we've all learned feminism and everything's changed and good now in Kazakhstan. And it just feels like just because you chucked a little bow at the end of the film, but said like, oh yeah, but obviously I'm feminist. And like, I want to be considered that like Borat is a good person and that these characters are ultimately, as you said, on the left and progressive and that sort of stuff. It's like, no, that's, you don't get to just throw away everything that you did before that. The entire content of this movie is one way and even then, you could argue that the first Borat film had all that. Like, mm. that's what that was about. And then you kind of had that journey of Borat becoming better by the end of the film. So shouldn't the second film have begun from that point? Mm. It just makes me feel like if there was a third film, he would intentionally, like, undo all that so that he can still get away with saying all this stuff, mm. this, like, edgelord comedy. Yeah. And then just chuck a little bow on it at the end and be like, oh, no, but it's fine because I'm on your side. And what do we learn about Kazakhstan in the process? Like, when I think about the first film, I'm like, I don't, this is not an accurate depiction of what Kazakhstan is based on, like, I'll admit TikToks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. But, like, I don't actually think I learned anything legitimate about Kazakhstan and no. culture and the, the rife conflict within countries around Kazakhstan and what that means for Borat. And, like, I feel like it's, I like you said, I think it's lazy, like, mm. to do stuff like that. And I don't think it's impossible to make something really poignant and funny and acknowledge it. Like, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, Pen15. I don't mm. know if you guys have seen that. I started watching it, yeah. So good. I'll give you a stand login if you need it, Charlie. But it's basically <laughs> these two 30-year-old women who go back 
they don't go back in time. They're playing themselves essentially at like 11, 12 years old, maybe 12 years old in like 2003 when they were in middle school and like going through puberty and stuff like that. And it's so funny, mainly because they're like full grown women. Yeah. Amongst actual like teenagers and then <laughs> they're like children. That's it's great. So funny. And like, I don't know. I have nothing against a show that has no value. I yeah. love a show that has no value or a movie that has no value. I thrive with that shit. As long as it can make me laugh and as long as it's not moonlighting as something that's not. Mm. Because you don't watch a shitty movie. Like, what's that movie with Lou Steele? Zoolander. 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 Okay, Zoolander for me is in the same era as Borat, roughly. Mm. I watch that and I can laugh at that and I can be like, wow, that is hilarious and silly and dumb but it's not pretending to be anything that it isn't Mm. but with Sasha Baron Cohen's work I think he prides himself almost in trying to do the kind of work that's controversial but maybe it makes you look at things in a slightly different way absolutely it's kind of, it does remind me a bit of Chris Lilly, like in the sense that you could see what he was trying to do but I was like but your methods of getting there cancel everything like yeah. it, it completely derails everything that you're trying to do because of your method mm. of getting it. And it always brings me back to this interesting thing. This is like years ago I read. Can't even remember what the what it was in context to. But anyway, the line is you can't comment on the racist or sexist or homophobic thing while also doing the yeah. racist, sexist, homophobic mm. thing. And Chris Lilly did that thing that Borat does, which is, like, it spends the whole bulk of the content enjoying those type of jokes and then just chucks a quick little bow on it. Like, Summer Heights High was obviously the height of the zeitgeist for a while and everyone loves it. And, like... We defended it. Like, especially, like, I, myself, when I was younger and when Angry Boys came out in the US, I remember us as, like, as Australians, we were like, oh, you don't get it. Like, we were very high and mighty in, like, calling out the US on being too sensitive because we were like, because if we enjoy that, then that means that we're racist. It was like, well, yeah, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Like, isn't Mm. that it? And it's also very interesting with people like Chris Lilly and many others where it's like, well, you are always depicting minorities in a way. And, Mm. I mean, look at Summer Heights High. Like, you know, Mm. Chris Lilly, a straight, white, guy his three takeoff characters are jamay a young girl mr g a gay man and jonah a tongan boy yeah he really ticks all the boxes of how to be offensive (laughs) (laughs) and i i think it just goes to show you know everyone's like oh he's such a great character actor and all that sort of stuff and it's like i don't know that he actually is like in truth like i actually just think that he is saying scandalous stuff and that outlandishness just sort of spoke to people because Mm -hmm. for a while like the lines from that show would just be recounted a hundred times over at school and often not ironically. Yeah, they were weaponized. Mm. Yeah, and like teen girls were sort of spearheaded as these absolute vapid idiots because mm. of Jamae. And I remember so much stuff about Mr. G and gays at school and that kind of stuff that sort of rippled into the schoolyard. Yeah. Talking about teen girls, though, we now have all watched the Blackpink documentary. Yes! yes! And I personally love them. And I actually hate, hate, hate when people say things like that about teen girls. Like, teen girls only think about makeup and boys. Teen girls are some of the most powerful creatures in this world. Mm -hmm. And they don't get the respect they deserve. 
And teen girls actually make up so much of popular culture because mm. we stand things like Twilight and One Direction and Blackpink. And those bands and books and movies get so much revenue and recognition mm. just because girls between a certain age like get really into it with all their heart and energy. And I loved them for that. Yes. K-pop fans took down the fucking Trump rally. Trump's rallies. Like, yeah. Yes, have, I love we that. We owe them everything. We <laughs> owe them everything. And you know what I reckon it is? I think it's because girls understand that it's cool to care about something. Whereas mm-hmm. boys have this thing pushed onto them from this patriarchal idea of like, it's not manly to be expressive and like to be passionate about something. You know, you've got to try and pretend that you don't give a shit about things mm. and everything. You're just apathetic to it. So, like, stan culture is often very, like, joyous and obsessive and, like, loving something openly and proudly. So it makes sense that girls and queer kids and that sort of stuff are the type to come forward and be like, no, I love this unashamedly and I'm going to put positive energy out into the world. Mm. Yeah. It's happy. Because it's a double-edged sword. Like, I remember feeling this as, like, a teenage girl. It's like, I'm supposed to understand makeup and fitness and calories because that's what I need to do to be hot and to fit into this patriarchal idea of beauty. But then at the same time, if I talk about it, I'm vapid. I'm Mm. too girly. Like there was a period of time where I didn't really want to, but I would dress up in baggy clothes as a kid because I was like, I need to dress more masculine to yield the same power as boys to gain mm. respect <laughs> like subconsciously i wow. wasn't thinking like that in year three but like you know <laughs> i read someone reading that and i was like oh that's it and then there's something to be said about reclaiming femininity later on in life for like for all genders as well because we're taught that femininity is bad but i'm fucking obsessed with black pink yes and i think it's like part of this like renaissance period for me as a late 20s something queer being like i fucking love pop music and girls yes. pop music i love yes. it and like yes. divas like not like like divas in the bad sense but just these like cool like figures that are just like incredibly talented like yes. you know i was blown away not just by the singing the dancing the dancing oh my god the choreography <laughs> the, dancing. Mm-hmm, the talent yeah the professionalism of them like mm how like when they were performing at Coachella I think it was Juso that was like I have a broken rib and like I'm (laughs) suffering from like chronic fatigue and I've got like a flu at the moment but then she like got out there and performed to Coachella the most neck snapping dancers oh my god it's just I mean, so incredible there is something to be said about k-pop <laughs> pushing their uh, idols too far i did oh, get yeah. mm. a youtube hole of watching k-pop stars collapsing on stage yeah the other night. but what did you guys think of like the whole did you know about the training that goes into becoming a k-pop star I had no idea and it fascinated me. Mm. I'm kind of so much more in awe of all kind of pop stars outside of K-pop because of that as well. Mm. And I think we're often led to believe that four girls meeting and dancing and singing is like really organic and like they just met in high school or they met at like how One Direction did and like a talent show or whatever. When really there's like hard work and hours yeah. of hours of training and sweat and tears that goes into it. Yeah. And we love this narrative of like artists plucked from obscurity, but really mm. even Ariana Grande and like Lady Gaga and all these like icons 
that we know today had, you know, music industries eyes on them since they yeah. were preteens. And they're know? machines. Yeah. Like yeah. they fucking yeah. work. And sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it happens when you're thinking about Blackpink. Do you guys have a favorite? hundred percent. I'm obsessed with Rosie. I love Rosie. Oh my God, Rosie's my favorite. She's so sweet and so pretty and I love her. I think I love her as well because she's from Melbourne. Yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of her. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, for someone who's never heard of Blackpink until this week, <laughs> I'm like, I am an OG, you know, like I always knew she'd make it. I never doubted it. <laughs> I'm a day one bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some other things that you've consumed this week that gave you life? I discovered a Instagram page that ethically is potentially a bit off, but it's just all about celeb gossip and spottings and people giving in anonymous tips. I can't remember what it's called. I love reading about celebrity gossip, even though sometimes I'm like, don't spread that. But I did <laughs> <laughs> learn something interesting that celebrities will often like, feed fake gossip into their friendship groups to test it to test them to yeah. see if anybody's selling their stories i should do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like dropping a little little bits and pieces here and there and i'll be like waiting for it to come back to me but it never does yes <laughs> Wow, she's a real friend. Yeah, yeah. But in doing so, you just have all these like contradictory stories about you floating around. Absolutely. You gotta test their allegiance though. You gotta know. But through that, I've sold Blake Lively's shoes. Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. What was with that? So you were telling us earlier, apparently it's like staged. Yeah, so essentially she posted a photo, that exact same photo, she was just barefoot, but on her tippy toes. And then I think Ryan Reynolds is kind of a funny guy, (laughs) 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 I guess. He's like a dad. (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I don't know. He's just got like a funny sense of humor where he actually drew on the shoes and then he drew on boots too. So they were like the stilettos. And when 
from afar you're like oh yeah she's wearing stilettos there was another one where she's like wearing little ankle boots but he had drawn both of them on as a joke and then it spiraled out and people being like why is she not wearing why is she drawing on shoes yeah and it all reminded me of when scott morrison had stan smith shoes photoshopped onto him do you remember what no when was that um that was a few years ago Two years oh ago. Oh, my God. I have to look that up. That's so funny. I love the laziness of that, but also the effort of that. Like, to get someone to Photoshop shoes onto you rather than just putting on a pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but Skomo was actually wearing shoes, but then they just put a different pair on him. Oh, my God. That's so classic. That's so weird. You'll have to send it to us. It's so funny. I'm I love, like, little conspiracy holes like this. And, like, how unbelievably advanced the detective work of stands and, like, internet teens are. It's like people who can work out dick size based on yes. random objects in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moved. It's like that meme of the woman with the numbers in front of her where she's calculating, like, what's going on. Yes. But for measuring dick size. Yeah. Absolutely. And measuring height in general. I saw someone, like, who took a photo of a guy holding a corona at a party and then used maths <laughs> sorry i'm so simple used math yeah to figure out how tall he was and i was like genius that is incredible speaking of dicks did you guys hear about the um the zoom dick thing for the new yorker yes oh two men or i think his name was that was like wanking on a zoom call and they noticed and they fired him we've all been tempted but you just don't do it do you not on a zoom call yeah <laughs> and also i think whenever i'm on zoom I'm very aware of what people see because mm. I have that like window where I can see myself. Mm. So how are you not aware that your fucking hand, arm, shoulder is in motion? Yeah. Can't you see that? It's so humiliating. Like not, I don't care about him, but for the people involved in the call, because then suddenly every other Zoom, you're just going to be looking like right now I'm like, are these guys wanking? Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hand check. Hand check, everybody. Hands up. Hands up, clean hands. It's such a violation. I think, like, cis men in particular underplay how, like, violating it is to see a penis when you didn't know you were going to. You're at fucking work, man. Chill out. Yeah. And I don't know what working at the New Yorker would be like, but it seems pretty chill. Yeah. Writing articles about puzzles, think pieces. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the irony of it all is that the New Yorker were the ones who outed Weinstein in 2017. So. Mm. Really? Well, that's probably why they couldn't be seen to be a hypocrite. They have yeah. to go hard on it or people would be like... Yeah, exactly. That's true. Well, he's lost his job. Good yeah. riddance. <laughs> are you guys going to plan... Are you doing anything for Halloween? What, what's, what are your plans? I really want to watch Hocus Pocus, like a good gay. Absolutely. And you, Aurelia? I'm not really into, like, scary movies. It really affects me. Like, yeah. I can't... I can watch the stuff that's funny scary. Yeah. Have you seen Hocus Pocus? No, but, like, oh. I think I could watch oh. that. Oh, my God. you got to watch it. It's a children's movie. You'll be Great. Fine. Great. I can watch that. Because I couldn't watch Halloween movies growing up either. Oh, of course. Because I couldn't celebrate it, but I also oh, couldn't yeah. consume anything of it. Wow. So you're, like, super sensitive to horror as well because you're like, what is this? I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm the kind of person who, like, sees something in like, in the cinema when a scare scene happens. I actually, like, 
shriek. Shriek. And like physically, people always laugh at me watching movies with me because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> spilling I my get brain. up and leave. I literally, I'm like, I can't do this and I leave. I oh can't. my God. I die. Have you guys yeah, ever yeah. walked out of a movie? Yes. I went and saw The Nutcracker and I, <laughs> I had no regrets. <gasps> Terrified you. No, no, it wasn't because I was scared. Shrieking. I was scared scared for Helen Mirren's career. (laughs) I had to leave. But I I haven't, I don't think I've walked out of a movie. I remember going to see Scary Movie 2 for a sleepover and we all got too scared. This is like primary school. (laughs) I walked out of Sisters with Tina Fey and Amy (gasps) Poehler. That was, was it awful? That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I was so angry. And like, it's definitely because I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Like, it's (laughs) like, they're such idols to me as script writers and comedians and performers. So I had such high hopes for this movie. I was like getting really revved up and it that played into my anger at the movie. I was like, this is so bad. Mm. I've never walked out of a movie, but I remember watching Call Me By Your Name in the cinema and just being so bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because it's a wonderful movie and I've watched it since. Yeah. And like, it's, it's really nice, but it's so slow and like they yeah. don't fuck. And like, I mean, they do, but you don't see it. It's like not enough porn. And <laughs> like, where's the fucking? I'm like, why are you just looking at each other? Hook uh-huh. up. See, I, I yeah. don't know. I kind of loved it. Like, I think that movie really plays into the queer experience and distinctly like the gay male experience of like mm-hmm. that, like budding energy underneath the surface. Mm. Like, I think in a way, if it was more overt and their relationship was just like, you know, as you said, like lots more sex and that kind of stuff, yeah. then it would be speaking to a different type of yeah. viewer. You're but right. But like, I'm so used to like growing up, like I would sort of long for gay characters that would get given the amount of like narrative attention mm. as a straight protagonist. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice for me and satisfying in a very slow building way to see yeah. this long drawn out, like nice attention given to those gay characters that wasn't just like they get a sex scene and it's over or something like yeah, that. Like no. I, I really related to that. Mm. This is true. I still haven't finished Portrait of a Lady on Fire, though. I never started it because of that, because I was like, I'm not going to be able to go through it. It's too slow. And like, it's kind of sad because they don't end up together. They never do. Yeah. And then I saw a trailer for another movie. Is it Kate Winslet? Oh, yeah. Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Yes. And yeah. they're like... Irish lesbians. Irish lesbians on the beach discovering fossils and like dusting them off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that looks really cute, but it looks like Lady Portrait Fire yeah. 2.0, different actresses, slightly different setting, but also beach again. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think I'd be into it, but my girlfriend really likes that stuff, I think. Yeah, we need happy endings for guys. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. Can we just get like a nice rom-com where they don't mention it? Did you guys see the trailer for The Prom that came out this week? So we were talking about it last yes. week, but now the trailer came out. So good. <gasps> it does wait. look really good. But I am furious that they have billed James Corden above Nicole Kidman. What is with that? Unbelievable. Not our Nicole. Distasteful. (laughs) It's just, ugh. I will say, though, that, like, I'm already ready for... Sometimes I think that she's walking in eyes open to these projects because I'm so ready for gay theatre nerd Twitter to absolutely tear apart Nicole Kidman's dancing in this movie. (laughs) She's supposed to be some kind of, like, fossy bitch. And there's, like, one bit, like, there's a classic move... 
I'm gonna use a visual which is great for um <laughs> but like it's like it's this classic like hand thing and you're supposed to be like passing a boiled egg between your hands like that's like a classic like fossy move and she's walking they do this like shot of her fossy hands and it's literally like two fingers <laughs> just be like <laughs> and like, I'm trying to like orally describe what you can see visually but if you watch the trailer it's funny I also like fuck it dance your heart out Nicole go for it but it's going to be very funny watching the dissertations that get released yeah. afterwards <laughs> I am obsessed with Nicole Kidman Moulin Rouge is my favourite movie so like I love her singing and her in musicals and so I'm excited to get her like singing again that will be nice absolutely what did you think of it, Aurelia? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm opening my heart to musical Musicals. and dancing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Don't. That's we'll, like, what's we'll the music theatre like, equivalent of queer baiting? Like, you've just <laughs> yeah, yeah. dangled a carrot in front of us, Aurelia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next minute, Charlie's going to be in your DMs with, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight classics from the 60s. Like, please. <laughs> I just have no rhythm. You know, I always watch movies where there's dancing and I'm like, I want to dance. And I try to learn a TikTok dance and fail so badly. I can't dance either. I remember when I went, like when school finished and I was auditioning for music theater courses, the first round is acting and then I would get through. And then the second round is singing and then I would get through. And then the final round was dancing. And I remember arriving at the dance audition and for the warm up, they're like, all right, let's just get you all to pirouette and do this, this and this, and then do a backflip and then yada, yada. And then all, <laughs> all these other boys were just doing like these fucking like Giselles, you know, who have like gazelles. Giselles? Giselles. <laughs> like Giselle Bündchen, the 90s supermodel. There yes. are a thousand Giselles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know, they've, like, been dancing and, like, they're, like, athletes at that point, mm-hmm. you know. And they're just, for the warm-up, just dancing. And you had to, like, leap across the diagonal of the room. And I remember being, like, so 100% sure that there was no way in hell that I was going to get through this that I just, like, leapt through the middle of the room and then just kept walking to the door and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why, but like sometimes I watch things and I'm like, I can't do this, so I can't enjoy it. <laughs> like, and that's why I love shitty cooking shows like Nailed It and like. Oh. These <laughs> You're like, like I could do that. <laughs> I can do a really horrible cake, and I love that you're doing it, and I want to do that too. Well, we should work on it because I really want to learn the Lovesick Girls dance from Blackpink. <gasps> oh my god! I've been watching like a tutorial on it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to join me, we could like slowly work our way through learning Love Sick Girl. It's so hard to imagine life before Blackpink now. Like, <laughs> which is a week ago. I just want to be at a point where I know like one dance with like one or two other people and we go to the club and then we like break out into that dance. Yeah. And everyone surrounds us and cheers us on and it's like, it's like a step up to the streets. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, we should do it for, um, the comedy festival lip sync battles yes oh, <laughs> oh my god, god. Yes. we can be like what's well, like a version of blackpink bad girls yeah <laughs> bad, <laughs> girls. <laughs> bad pink we'll do yeah. the wop dance at the comedy festival lip sync i yeah. learned the wop dance from tiktok yeah um, yeah yeah. My favorite part of the WAP dance, I tried to do it, is the bit where you like, it's like you're like pounding the floor. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah, your butt comes up and you're like. Yes. That is the only part I can do. 
That to me is the funniest part because I feel like everyone looks shit doing it. Like it's just <laughs> something universally crap about this move of like boom, but the boom, but the boom on the ground. Like I just, oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Have you seen Tiana Taylor in Fade, Kanye's music video? No, no. I haven't watched it yet. I'll send it to you. It's actually okay. a few years old, but she has the most amazing body and she does that move and several others. And it like makes me so jealous and horny at the same time. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like watching Normani dance for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outrageous. Did you guys hear that Legally Blonde 3 is officially going to happen? What? Since yes. when? I, it, just, it just came out. Oh, well, like, they just revealed that it's going to happen. I think they did, like, a Legally Blonde cast reunion Zoom thing this week, and they used that as a platform to unveil that Legally Blonde 3 is going to happen, which oh. I'm so excited for. And I'm also so glad that they're calling it Legally Blonde 3 because... If you guys know, there's Legally Blonde 1 and then there's the sequel, but then there was this terrible Legally Blonde 3 that didn't have Reese Witherspoon or any of the original cast in it that was about Elle's British nieces that were twins. I gotta see this movie. Yeah. I have never heard of this, and I watched Legally Blonde 1 for the first time last week, and I loved it so much. Yes, welcome. Oh, my God. Tell us your thoughts. Well, first I watched this YouTube, I went into a YouTube click call of random stuff and this lawyer was breaking down <laughs> how accurate it was. Oh, I saw that too. That was yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's really funny. And then I also recently saw this show on Netflix where there's this group of women who are all white and they all look the same. They have like <laughs> the blonde hair with the curls in the end. Yes. And there's like seven of them and they run this company where they clean up people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> Or like ti- like tidying up with Marie Kondo, but they all called Ashley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then went to Reese Witherspoon's house and did her closet, but only the part of her closet that's the stuff from Legally Blonde. So ah. Reese Witherspoon has a room in her house. Oh, my God. There's like a separate closet that has all the different outfits. From Elle. That Elle wears, all that different stuff. And oh they made it really God. cute and pretty. So I watched that and I was like, no, I have to watch the movie. And I loved it. And I can't wait for version three. Oh, um, my God. I, I really, I'm also going to send you the bootleg of, actually, no, you can probably watch it on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. all on YouTube. The musical of Legally Blonde, which is just as good, if not better, in certain ways. The musical is <laughs> absolutely hilarious and so catchy and laura bell bundy who plays l in the broadway version that's on because mtv filmed it and put the whole thing up on youtube Mm -hmm. she is incredible she's this like country singer that then got into broadway and so she has like a really strong voice she's got a good tone she's got a good tone Mm -hmm. and she's got she's really charismatic and she just makes such an awesome l and she carries that production yeah a thousand percent and the good thing about laura bell bunding is she's not trying to be reese witherspoon's l no i think Mm. ever since then every production of legally blonde people have either tried to be laura bell or reese and it's like just like you gotta be your own everybody's got their own l I love Legally Blonde, the movie, and I, I, I love the musical as well. I did it this time last year. Yes, I came to see you as <laughs> yes. Miss Enid Hoops. I was the lesbian, unsurprisingly, <laughs> Aurelia. You know, the little one with, like, plaits who looks like a young Barbara Streisand, and she's like... Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I I do remember her, and she's, like, kind of mean to her in the start. Yes. And then yes. at the end, she's like, wow, she's really smart. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, my In God. the musical, Enid gets a bigger part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really shone. Uh, it was my first musical since graduating. Uh, 
<laughs> and I weirdly was cast as an outspoken communist lesbian. So <laughs> that sounds stuck. very on brand. Very uh, on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Legally Blonde is something that's kind of uh, standard, stood the test of time in a way, kind of like circling back to what we were saying about Borat, where it's like it knew what it was, its message was clear, it was really funny, and Reese Witherspoon is a star. Yeah, Yeah. I love Reese Witherspoon. And I didn't realize this because my most recent memory of her was in Big Little Lies. And I just hated her character so much. But she played that character so well because Mm. obviously in real life she's not like that at all. And in fact, that dirty celebrity gossip site that I follow backs that up. She's a lovely woman. Yeah, yeah. With a name like that, you just have to be. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Reese is like such a sweet name. Mm, yeah. I like it. I love it. Reese's Cups. Reese's Cups. <laughs> yeah. It must be good. I wonder what they're going to do for Legally Blonde 3. Like, what's going to happen? Is she a Supreme Court judge? She kills Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's like motherhood. Like, like she... Sure. And maybe, like, hasn't been practicing in a while, or she starts her own firm. Something like that. Is Luke Wilson in it? I haven't looked into that, but I imagine most of the cast will come back. I mean, Mm. can you imagine turning down Legally Blonde 3? Like, what other projects have you got going on, Luke Wilson? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe maybe the third film, she's, like, lawyering her own divorce and she's found uh, a nice butch lesbian who... It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. She's leaving Luke Wilson. It's <laughs> a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would mm. love that. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it. I think I don't think anything could go wrong. Yeah. I'm a slut for giving a sequel to a already existing chain. Yeah. Like Sister Act 3 is happening next year as well. And I'm just like, yep, yeah, give it to me. Inject it straight into my veins. I love nostalgia <laughs> porn. I love yeah. it. Like, give me my childhood. Let's do a fucking... They've got the Craft remake as well. Have you guys seen the trailer for that? No. Have you guys seen The Craft? Is that with Nicole Kidman? No, that's Practical Magic, which is Uh. also great. (laughs) The Craft is Witches, and it's Neve Campbell, our friend from Scream, and lots of other people whose names escape me, but it's a great film. It's also, like, very, like, gay, and I think the the remake, they've been like, yeah, it's gay. Uh, (laughs) Whereas in the 90s, they were like, it's gay? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's about witches in high school harnessing their powers, and then one of them gets too powerful and takes control. I feel like it's a good soft horror if you want to like ease your way into it earlier. Witches mm. are so gay. Yes, 90s yeah. witches in particular. Yeah, with their jeans and their like belly rings. Little spells. Yeah. Little spells. <laughs> Love potions. Did you see that there's <laughs> fighting going on at the moment between the two charmed casts? <gasps> no, I, you were saying this earlier. Can you please go into it some more? What's happening? Okay, so in the original Charmed cast was Rose McGowan who played, oh, what was her name? But she was like the, the new sister that like, she was like the hot one that like joined the she sisters. She was uh, Phoebe, Piper and Paige. She was Paige. Paige, yes, that's right. Basically, she's just been reading the new show and saying that like, you know, it doesn't live up to what we did and ours was better and all this kind of stuff. But, like, I don't even think she's watched it. She's just been like, I, I just don't like that they're reviving it. Like, it will never be what we created. And I think in the new cast, one of the actors started, like, atting Rose McGowan. And then Rose McGowan came back and was just kind of like, I just think your show is shit. 
like, <laughs> and like was just like really <laughs> overt about it. And like having not watched the new Charmed and even then like only like tapping in and out of the old Charmed, I like have no association to any of this, but I do love fighting. And um, <laughs> I love Twitter feuds. <laughs> yeah. And just the idea of being like so angry, like why yeah. does she give a shit? Get over it. The interesting thing about Rose McGowan is that I was stalking her Twitter not two, three nights ago and she's ripping into Charmed and its legacy and she's ripping into her time there being like Alyssa Milano who plays Phoebe she's like Alyssa Milano made it a toxic place to be like I hated every second especially mm. when she was on set with me blah 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 like and it's like bitch decide did you like it or not like do you think yeah. it's a good show or not and defending Charmed it was a soap opera yeah it, it was remains mayhem a soap opera like chill out i think it's also like these shows because they're like women centric you know it's always about like the sisterhood Mm. they get very passionate viewers that care deeply about it and so there's a lot of passion Mm. towards it but it is sad when it's like women versus women like why does it have to compete like they're just different entities these two shows are separate let's just chill everybody Mm. two shows that people have stopped caring about so yeah (laughs) I was going to call my dog that I'm getting Piper. And a lot of queers have said, Piper, that's like the big sister from Charmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's been like a bunch of gay boys have said that. And then all the lesbians I know are like, Piper, like from Orange and You Black. Oh, yes. <laughs> the two extremes. Oh, my God. What are you going to do? Are you still going to call him Piper? Yeah, I love that name. It's great. <laughs> I don't care about whatever anyone has a connotation to. Yeah. I personally haven't seen either old or new Charmed. Well, eventually um, people will hear the name Piper and they'll be like, oh, like Aurelia's dog. Like my exactly. dog, yeah. yeah. It's famous on Instagram. <laughs> Did you guys see as well on Twitter... There was that scandal about the Wiggles doing a puppadum bit that has resurfaced. I think it actually happened years ago and it's just like come back. But it's just the Wiggles doing this song called Puppadum that the only lyric in it is Puppadum. And they have an Indian woman or a Desi woman in a proper sari at the front and they're like dancing around her just singing Puppadum, Puppadum, Puppadum. <laughs> they couldn't think of any other lyrics. Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> But it's even worse because she doesn't sing. Like, she's not involved in it at all. And no. all these people coming out being like, this is not the representation that we want. Mm. But then I'm also like, what about the woman, like the actor who's involved in it? Like, why did she get involved? Did she not see that it was wrong? Or did she actually think that was fine? Yeah. And I also sometimes with things that really go viral like that, I'm like, are the people speaking out? also Indian and Desi mostly or is it like white people being outraged on people of color's behalf yeah it's better both but if it's mainly the former then I'm like 100% behind it mm. but I don't think it's her fault to be in it oh no no, no. People, I don't think anyone is attacking her or like critiquing her if anything people are just sort of like sympathizing with her because people have taken some screen grabs of her expression and they're just like this is a cry for help like mm. it's one thing to do a sort of uh, cultural foray into something like we're going to try and represent like Indian or Desi culture. Yeah. But to then like minimize it to just Papa Dums 
and even then not even let that perspective be given to that person Mm -hmm. to represent their own culture is a bit bizarre and unfair. Yeah, I agree. It's also very much in the the vein of people being like, ah, here's that that food that we like from your culture, but we're not going to talk about anything else that is significant to you. And also we're just going to keep repeating pop it up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to keep saying it. How much can you establish in a Wiggles video <laughs> for children? Yeah, it is for kids. It is for kids, but I also I think that there's, there was a different way of approaching it. And people freak out and they're like, oh, God, now the Wiggles are cancelled. It's like, no, it's not about cancelling the Wiggles. It's just being like, hey, like maybe try something different. <laughs> next time (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i think like people always jump to oh millennials cancel everything gen z canceled everything we're not here to cancel the wiggles they're cute and they've been low-key not problematic for a really long time Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and that is a pretty good track record and one shitty thing doesn't mean that we hate them now And they were trying to do something positive. Like, they at least are trying to represent that there's a great, like, multicultural presence in Australia. Yeah. Mm. They obviously just failed at that, but that was their intention. (laughs) So, I don't know. Absolutely. Unless we forget the queer icon, Captain Feathersword. (laughs) Yeah. Or Dorothy, Miss Thing. Dorothy. Oh, yeah. 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 Dorothy's in the same lead as Tinky Winky with his little purple purse. (laughs) Oh, my God. I will never fucking get over at the ARIA Awards when I think it was that band 303. Do you remember that, like... Yes. um, Yes. They sang that song. What was it? It's like, girls fucking... (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. But, like, the play-in or play-out music was 303. It was, like, Dorothy the Dinosaur, like, coming up on stage, like... Popping that ass. Uh, yeah, well, and she, she did have a nice ass. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom heavy was the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Thick. Mm, exactly. Oh. Aurelia, do you have a queer and A for us this week? Yes, we do. And I really like this one. This week we have Bianca from Brighton. She writes, My girlfriend and I have been in a relationship for three months now and she still hasn't posted me on her Instagram. She posts pretty regularly and I'm starting to think that she's embarrassed of me or doesn't want to show the world that we're together. Am I right to be upset? I think so. (laughs) I think it's definitely a conversation to have. If her Instagram is just like pictures of food, then sure. Or if it's like just like a plants how-to page, (laughs) then sure. But if it's just her day-to-day and she hasn't posted anything about you, who's in her DMs? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I completely disagree. I'm very, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm very reticent to put stuff up about relationship things online, especially, like, in the early days, half because it's, like, you don't know if this is going to be a lasting thing and you don't want to put something up that might just be a fleeting moment. But also, I really like having a very private relationship that I don't want to share with everyone. Oh, my God. So old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, being a performer and, you know, having a lot of social media, there's that public persona that I have. But I wouldn't want to have my private relationship put onto that platform mm. as well. Like, my boyfriend hasn't signed up for that, and he definitely is not the type to enjoy that. Mm. And he digs his heels in every time I have to post once every couple months, (laughs) you know, like even like on our anniversary 
or something like that if i'm just putting up a nice photo of us or like that sort of thing like he's just kind of like uh do you have to do that like why are you doing that and i'm like because you are a part of my life and you know i want my social media to reflect my life yeah i don't know it's difficult but it sounds like this person wants to be there as well yeah i feel like yeah there's definitely a balance like you say charlie if i guess if your boyfriend doesn't post much then you're not going to expect him if he posts once a year and that post happens to be not you, then that's maybe okay. Mm. <laughs> but if it's like every several posts a week and you still haven't featured after several months, I'm like, hmm, I like to do like a soft launch with anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I post them on my story. People mm. get used to seeing them on my story and they're like, Something's Yes, going a story on. is much more noncommittal than a post. Yeah. But then if you're always on their story but never on their main, that's also a problem in my opinion. Because it's not official in my eyes until it's Instagram official. Yeah, it needs to get on the main. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if I think you should talk to this person and be like, maybe you could like somehow sneak it in being like, oh, like, are you okay if I post a photo of us? Like, and tag you? Yeah, like post out of truth. Yeah. And then, like, build up from there and just be like, is that something that you want to do? And also, is she worried because she's been posting about them and doesn't Mm. feel like it's being reciprocated? Like, is it imbalanced or is it just... I did go through this weird phase when I first started seeing Kayla because she was my first, like, queer relationship. I didn't post that much in reference to, like, us dating, even though it would have been obvious to the people who knew because I was... Oh, my God, this is so fucked up. This is all, like homophobia misogyny within me but i was like i don't want the guys that i fucked to feel bad (laughs) wow oh my god oh my god the guys that i fucked are dming me about how beautiful a couple my girlfriend and i are (laughs) that's it oh god (laughs) my god like disgusting i've never cared for like men's feelings before in my life and here i am being like oh but that's sweet little dicky like yeah (laughs) anyway i think you should talk to your girlfriend about it be upfront but i also don't think it's a biggie like social media is not the be all and end all and it really is a fickle medium like where mm. it doesn't represent reality you know you could have a completely absent social media that doesn't reference a relationship but that does not mean that that relationship is not like committed and full mm. Mm. this is true the issue is if she doesn't want you to meet her friends yeah <laughs> yeah that's, and that's ask some really fucking big. questions yeah. <laughs> Who was this from, Aurelia? Bianca and Brighton. Ah, Bianca. Have you done all of Brighton? (laughs) Yeah. Did you hear that all of Brighton woman has left Victoria? She's gone to Queensland. Good for her. Well, because she's a millionaire, so she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Well, now she's done all of Victoria. <laughs> I, in the time that, like, we've been in lockdown, I would not have been able to do her whole a house based on the Google Maps search I did. <laughs> that is insane. Huge. Cool. I'm, I'm going to watch Legally Blonde again this week, and I think I'm going to try and consume some camp horror. Do it. Yeah. I'm going to watch Hocus Pocus. Yes. I'm going to watch Pen 15. Yes. Yes. It's so good. Oh, Charlie. Oh. You're in for trade. Yeah. Have you watched season two yet, Aurelia? No, I'm still in season one. Oh, man. Season two is, like, they're both amazing seasons, but there's a plot line in season two, Charlie, that I think is going to hit you right in the feels. It's going to get you. <laughs> I love the premise. It sounds great. Yeah. And I would be interested to hear your takes on Borat. 
if you can be bothered watching. I yes. think I will watch it. Me yeah, too. Yeah, because it, it is fascinating, even if it mm. is, like, a lot to take. It, it, it's intriguing. <gasps> Beautiful. We'll send us your queer and A's as well. Yeah. And we'll change your name. Yeah, we'll give you a sexy anonymous name. So nobody will know that it's you. Mm. DM us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or just DM us in general. Like, send us interesting <laughs> things. <laughs> Find us at your local beat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Stay safe. God bless. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at PopGazePod. And if you like this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, be gay. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 